Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today, here every day, noon to 2 Eastern. Normally, it is me and Davis Maddock. Davis, uh, just congratulations, has bought a new home. So he's off the rest of the week. We've got George Kurtz filling in. So lots of baseball, lots of hockey as we close out the first week in June. No doubt about that. We'll get to our headlines here as well. But, uh, George, Memorial Day weekend has come and gone. We're already into June at this point. And I remember sitting here last year. I'm sure you do. You've been with Sports Grid for a long time. And thinking, when are we going to have sports to talk about, right? Like, that was the focus in June last year. It felt like we were turning a corner in terms of sports, not with this pandemic, but we were turning the corner with sports, figuring out when things were going to come back. The NBA had its bubble, of course, a little bit later on. And now you just can't you, you can't turn on the TV now without seeing some action going on. It's a great thing. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned last year. We were all crying, right? And when are these games going to return? What are we going to do? Talk about? Watch? Uh, so absolutely, you got let's see, you got NBA, you got the NHL, baseball's in full swing. All right, granted, the NFL is pretty much off in the month of June before things heat up again in July, yeah. but still, we have stuff in the NFL as well. Julio Jones, where's he going? Aaron Rodgers, this, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, that. So there's news all over the place. It's a fun time. Yeah, no doubt. Here's our headlines here for June second, two thousand and twenty-one. Four games tonight in the NBA playoffs. If you hit the rewind button on YouTube, you can hear Brett Levy and I going all going over all those games against the spread. He really likes the Mavericks, by the way, tonight specifically. Two Stanley Cup playoff games tonight. We're going to preview those coming up. George will talk. I will listen. That's how that works. Danny Ainge retires after many, many years in the front office with Phoenix and, of course, the Boston Celtics. Played in the NBA with the Celtics for many years. Played with the Toronto Blue Jays for a year or two. Brad Stevens will take a front office role, at least for now. Seems like Boston had this coming. You don't all of a sudden get knocked out of the playoffs and just make all these moves in one day. They must have known. Uh, And also, Major League Baseball will celebrate Lou Gehrig's day today, uh, celebrating uh, his life and also making sure the awareness of ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, is known. Really, certainly one of the more debilitating diseases, one that there is no cure for, no doubt about that. Uh, But, George, as we kind of pivot back here, To the, to the NFL, uh, Brett, I'm not catching you there. I apologize. Go ahead. Tell me again. Tell me on the air. Thank you. Okay. So, so the breaking news that we have also here at the top of the hour is uh, George Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski going to retire. Uh, this will be his final season coaching at Duke. Uh, George, the uh, probably the all-time uh, coach in college basketball, either it's him or John Wooden, no doubt about that. But that's some pretty big news today is not only do the Boston Celtics have to find a new coach, but Duke will have to as well. 
And yes, for those wondering, I would have known who Coach K is. Okay, I've heard the name. <laughs> uh, I think I would have gotten Duke. I think I would have gotten it. I'm not. I'm okay. not gonna tell you. I'm 100 sure. I'm pretty sure I would have gotten uh, Duke. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big thing that he's retiring. Uh, I don't know how much of a surprise it is if it was expected or if this came out of the blue here, but it's certainly major news. Yeah, I, I you know uh, last year, I mean, I wouldn't say that the writing was on the wall, but you 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 felt a little bit more pain from Coach K. And remember, he if I'm not mistaken, there was one year where he took a full year off from coaching in college basketball. I want to say it was a year that they had this uh, this power forward named Cherokee Parks. He was there. Uh, he took a year off. It was like the one year they didn't do very well, but since then he has been back. But uh, certainly that's going to be a very big story to see who ends up. Probably a former player of some kind takes over at Duke. Um, I have to like jog my memory. Bobby Hurley, like those types of iconic type players. So we'll see there. All right, uh, real quick, NFL. We haven't done any NFL on the show. I don't know that we're going to do any coming up either. Uh, Davis and I were predicting last week if Julio Jones was going to be traded by Memorial Day. That did not work out. What are your thoughts on Julio Jones? you think by the end of the week he's still a member of the Falcons? I'm going to say he's going to be traded, but by the end of the week he'll still be a Falcon. I think they're waiting for the best deal possible, which of course makes perfect sense here. Uh, they want We've heard they want something ridiculous. They want a number one plus maybe another pick and players. That's not going to happen. He's a 32-year-old wide receiver who has trouble staying on the field at times. All right, so he's going to get moved, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow process now. Plus, I wasn't kidding. The month of June is really the off time for NFL teams. A lot of coaches, a lot of uh, GMs, they're, they're on vacation now before things heat up again in July. I think he'll be moved certainly before camp. So certainly in sometime within this month. But if I had to take the over-under, I'll say over this week. All right, interesting. I, you know, I, I think that there's a chance that it happens this week too, but – uh, look, I thought last week it was going to happen as well, and it did not. Uh, how about Aaron Rodgers in, in Green Bay? You think he's there to stay? Oh, that's much tougher. Is he willing to hold out? Is he willing to hold out? Because the problem with it for Aaron Rodgers is, and in some ways Julio Jones as well, is the draft is gone. The draft has passed. So they're not getting up draft picks. They can't. A team that acquires them, great, but Green Bay can't get better this year, right? They they can't get any picks. You know, so that's the issue here. I do wonder this. You know, Craig, you're Aaron Rodgers. I'm the GM of Green Bay. I, I make a trade with Julio Jones. Just, that's what's for giggles here. Aaron, would you stay if I get Julio Jones for you? You know, that Good sort point. of thing. Or are you so mad? Are you so mad at me, you know, the GM, that you know, I'm out of here no matter what. But for me, will Aaron Rodgers be willing to hold out? If yes, then they have no choice. If not, then he's going to stay. Yeah, it's a it's a really good one here to see what ends up happening. But you're right, we're gonna have closure on these coming up before July, no doubt, when training camps open for sure. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to go on to the ice and preview tonight's Stanley Cup playoff games. So stay with us. George will break them down for you. We'll do a lot of listening. Probably how it'll go. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back to Fantasy Sports today, Craig Mish, along with George Kurtz with you here on the show. For those of you getting ready to bet tonight's NHL Stanley Cup playoff games, you may want to listen closely because our resident expert, George Kurtz, for the next 10 minutes is going to break it down for you. There are two games tonight. And uh, George, before we get to this, like a lot of people are always interested to see if the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to get to the championship, the Stanley Cup final. A lot of people are always interested to see if the Montreal Canadians are going to get to the Stanley Cup final. And I know that Montreal will play Winnipeg tonight. Uh, I mean, look, this is a franchise that when they're good, it's it's good for hockey. So I suppose that this will be probably the story of this evening. Uh, but again, uh, two good games tonight, I think, on deck. Yeah, what you said is true. Montreal is the equivalent of the New York Yankees in baseball. That's what they are to hockey. Uh, now, granted, they haven't been – that kind of team in, in a while, to put it nicely. Uh, they just haven't been – they haven't had a great team in quite a quite a bit here. But they did beat Toronto, and Toronto is really the equivalent of the New York Mets. Same sort of thing. They have same rivalry uh, in the same province. So uh, Montreal beating Toronto was definitely an upset. I guess it's not a huge upset because of, once again, the rivalry there. It showed you the deficiencies in the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs don't have the goaltending. Not that Jack Campbell played poorly. He did not, but he's not Carey Price. You know, I'll say this over and over and over again. If you have an ace goalie in hockey, you've got a shot. doesn't matter what the rest of your team is. If he's not going to let in any goals, you're going to do pretty well. An ace goaltender in hockey is the equivalent of a top of Tom Brady, you know, great quarterback in football, Aaron Rodgers. You can go on Pat Mahomes, Nada, go on and on and on down the list. If you have one of those guys, you can win. It's the equivalent of Jacob deGrom. If he's not going to give up any runs, it doesn't matter how bad your offense might be. You're going to do pretty well. Carey Price is that goaltender. Now, we probably haven't given him as much love over the past couple of seasons. He's been banged up. He's not always in the lineup. And I guess when he's come back from injury, he hasn't been all that good right away. It's taken him time here. And we love the Maple Leafs because they have all they have all the their, their fantasy team. Their fantasy team. Austin Matthews, Marner, Tavares. You can go on and on. Nylander, on and on down the list of great offensive players. But when it comes playoff time, you can shut those guys down. The Canadians did. Maybe they were you know, a little too nervous, gripping the sticks too tight, whatever it might be. So tonight, Montreal, Winnipeg, yes, we are looking forward to it. Uh, they're behind the other series, so there's going to be some back-to-back games here right away. Uh, and there's not too much rest for Montreal. You know, they just played Monday. Winnipeg hasn't played in what seems like a month. And they defeated the Oilers in four straight. They went right through them, boom, 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 here we are. Winnipeg is no doubt the better overall team here. Question for Winnipeg is rust versus rest. We see this in all sports. doesn't matter what sport it is, NBA, Baseball, are you ready to play right away? 
you know, the next game we're going to talk about, the second game tonight, Colorado-Vegas. Colorado had that same rest too. Game one, they wiped out Vegas. Didn't matter. They were ready to go. Will Winnipeg be ready to go? Now, uh, I think they will be tonight. I think what separates Winnipeg from a team like Toronto is Hellebuck, their goaltender. Uh, he, he's not Carey Price. Very few goalies are. But he's top five, top six in the NHL. Winnipeg had their problems, Craig, at the end of the regular season. Uh, they're a good. They're not a great team. They're a good, solid team, but they struggled for whatever reason. They were struggling mightily, and the coach she started benching Mike Mark Shifley, who's there. He's their best player, and he's a top ten player in the NHL. He's probably that the best unknown player in the NHL that no one really talks about because it's Winnipeg, and he doesn't get a lot of love there. He also benched Hellebuck for a little bit because once again he was trying to shake things up. Were there things going on behind the scenes? Absolutely. And we heard the coach say at the end of the regular season, forget about it. The regular season doesn't matter anymore. The playoffs are a brand new season. That seemed to work. They took care of business here. I think this is going to be a very good series. I do think Winnipeg wins the series. I have them winning in seven, which lets you know I think a lot of these games are going to be closed. They're going to be back and forth here. The over-under is five and a half tonight. I lean towards the under, but I don't have a great feeling for it because of the rest for Winnipeg. If they come out flying tonight and the Canadians are a step slow, which would not shock me whatsoever, you know, once again, we could have, I don't want to say a blowout, but a 5-2 score wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. But I think Price is playing some of the best hockey we've seen here. I think he's going to keep it close. I'm going with Peg here. What's going to scare me for the over-under is the empty net. Because I, I, I have 3-2. It keeps ringing in my head. 3-2, 3-2. But there'll be an empty net, and in hockey nowadays, this is not the NHL when you and I grew up, Greg, where eh, they didn't pull the goalie until eh, maybe 30, 45 seconds. They pull it with two and a half minutes now. That empty net will scare me tonight. In our second game, Vegas-Colorado, Colorado blew Vegas' doors off in game one. It wasn't even a ball game. It was 7-1. It was over before you knew what was going on. I think it was 4 nothing after the first period. Uh, Vegas made an interesting choice in this game. They decided to go with Robin Leonard in goal. And I say that's interesting because Marc-Andre Fleury – played every minute of the first round. Every minute went seven games. So when they went to Leonard, it was like, is Flurry hurt? Is there something going on here? Why? You know, what, what's going on? And it certainly raised a lot of eyebrows here, especially when you consider that Leonard hadn't played since May 10th at that time. It was three full weeks. So as soon as they saw that, it automatically went to Colorado. That wasn't going to be a good situation. You just don't put a goaltender in when he hasn't played for three weeks. I think the theory was here, you know what? If we're going to win this series, it's going to go six, seven games anyway. Let's give Flory a breather. You know, well, well, not that there's anything wrong with Leonard. He's a very good goalie himself, but three weeks off is three weeks off. You're not going to do too well against a team that might be the best offensive team in the game in Colorado right now. They are that good here. I like Colorado again tonight, though. I think this is a team of destiny. I think they're going to the Cup. I don't know if they're going to win the Cup, but I think they're going to the Cup Finals, Craig. I think it'll be against Tampa Bay, by the way. I think they win tonight. I'm going to go with the over as well here. I feel much stronger about this than I do the Montreal-Winnipeg game. I think there'll be some goals scored here. I think for Vegas to win, they need to keep it low scoring to that 3-2 range. I don't think they can. I think it's too hard against uh, against Colorado. I think you need to raise your game up here. You need to be able to score with them, make it a 4-3 game here. I like Colorado tonight. I like the over. I feel much, but I'm going to feel much stronger about this game. I'll have a larger bet on this game than I will Montreal Winnipeg. Now, now, will you will you bet the puck line minus one and a half? Um, I mean, or, or you're just comfortable doing minus two hundred to win a hundred? Like for me, I would never bet a minus two hundred ever. Oh uh, no, not straight. I'll do a parlay. I like I love parlays. Gotcha. You know, because let's see, you can do a parlay in two hockey games. If I want to go, let's say Colorado and Winnipeg and get a sure. much better price, or I can go Colorado and a baseball game which I'll probably – that's right. more like what I'll do here. I'll go Colorado on a game I like here. As for the puck line, I like the minus 1.5 because I'm getting plus money. 
you know, plus 132. All right, I'll take that. Because once again, I'm sort of playing for the empty net there. And listen, we, we all complain that, oh, the empty net always works against me. We forget when it works for us. And it did work for right. I think I forget. I think uh, Scott Wetzel and I worked for us on Friday night. We got what we wanted here. And we got the empty net goal. It took took a bit. And I got it. There's nothing more frustrating than when a team misses the empty net when you need that goal. And they're shooting three, four pucks wide. They never miss the net when they uh, when there's a goalie in it. There's no goalie in it. They can't hit the freaking thing. 24 square feet. It'll drive you insane here. So, yeah, there are many choice words might come out of my mouth tonight if it, uh, if it comes that direction. But, yeah, I like the uh, – because of the plus money. Not that I have any kind of feeling here. It's the plus money of plus 132. If it was minus 110, I would not feel the same. Yeah, understood. Uh, real quick, uh, tomorrow, and we'll preview these games tomorrow, but what's your early lean on Boston and uh, and the Islanders? That seems like a really tight series. That should be tight tomorrow as well. Back in uh, the Coliseum tomorrow here on the island. That's Fort Never Lose is what they call that because uh, the Islands back in the day, they never lost there in the playoffs. Very tough arena to play in. I think it did shake up the Pittsburgh Penguins in round one, game six, with all the fans there, and there'll be more fans there tomorrow as they're being cleared here now in New York. That place will be rocking. That's going to be a close game tomorrow. It's going to be uh, one where Islanders need to stay out of the box, and they need to get something from that top line. Barzell, Eberle, Komarov, I know really shouldn't be there, but that line needs to produce something. Everything can't be relied upon with every other line. That's your top line. They're making the money they need to produce here. I do like the Bruins, though, tomorrow. I think they take a 2-1-8. I think the series is going to go 7 it's going to be one another one of those series, but I think the Bruins will prevail eventually. I've always had them coming out of the East, so I don't want to be a homer and pick the Islanders now. All right, don't don't give away your picks a day in advance. I asked for a lean. You went too far there, George. Now, no one's going to watch us tomorrow for your hockey picks. We can't have that. So tomorrow, just erase everything you just heard. George will do that again tomorrow here on the show for sure. Uh, a little bit later, uh, we got some fantasy reality, and, and I think probably some NFL-based. We're going to talk a little Zach Ertz. We'll talk about Ben Roethlisberger, so make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid for that. But coming up next, it's our weekly visit with Josh Cohen from PC Sports Cards. He's going to discuss some undervalued baseball and football players that you can purchase and collect. I'm going to talk about an NBA player. And we're also going to talk about what the national convention is going to look like coming up in Chicago. Stay on the grid. We'll be back next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
to Fantasy Sports Today. As always, we do a weekly check-in on the sports card industry. Many of you have jumped back into this, so we bring in Josh Cohen of PC Sports Cards. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter there, as well as PC Sports Cards on Instagram, running a very huge consignment business every single week, posting some of the biggest cards in the country for sale. Maybe you want to get involved in that. If so, check it out regardless Dropping some good knowledge on you each and every week. Josh is here with us to talk about the industry this week. Josh, it is great to see you again. Nice shirt. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, I had to wear this shirt today. You know, we're in the Texas Regional, so I'm very excited. College baseball, College World Series, best college baseball team of all time, ASU. So I got to cheer for something. All right, Arizona State. Can't root for the basketball, but the baseball is definitely in play for the College World Series, for sure. I've heard of uh, this guy uh, Torkelson, right? Have ever heard of him? Anyway. How about Barry Bonds? Yeah, Barry was good, too. Okay, uh, so, you know, we got two pieces of, of interesting news information, which is rare for us. Normally, when we were just kind of catching up on things that have happened, but uh, yesterday, some uh, two pieces of information had. The first... And I think the most noteworthy is that the biggest sports card show in the country that happens annually and has happened, I think, for almost 40 years is the National, which, of course, did not happen last year. But it is happening, to my knowledge, this year. Josh, where is the National this year and will you be in attendance? So, yes, the National is going to be in Chicago this year. They did skip last year due to COVID. It's supposed to be in Atlantic City, which is a much shorter drive for us. Um Zach and I do love our road trip, our 12 hours in the car together, driving there with our uh, with our inventory and everything. We are setting up. We will be in the same spot we were in two years ago if you were at the National. If you weren't there, we're going to be in the back by all the concession stands. And the National is just a different breed than any other card show. And, and what, uh, what do you guys do there? Is it just simply selling? I mean, I know that a lot of your business has been submitting. So sure. is, is, is that selling? Like, what do you guys do there? We do a lot of buying at the National. We bring our high-end inventory. We bring our low-end inventory. We're going to have cards that range anywhere from a quarter to tens of thousands of dollars uh, at our booth. And you see some cards around the, around the show that you never see anywhere else. It's, uh, it, it, it's hard to explain how much goes on in those short five or six days. All right. Well, cool. We'll look forward to that coming up in July. Uh, the other thing that some people were looking forward to, Josh, is they're looking forward to PSA, Professional Sports Authenticator, opening up in uh, July so they can submit cards to you and then you can submit cards to PSA. But the one alternative that people have had is submitting to Beckett or what's called BGS, where they basically submit the cards to them and people have, who collect cards know exactly what I'm talking about. They see those slabs a little bit bigger. Uh, but Beckett announced yesterday, Josh, what exactly? Beckett is closing except for their super high-end level, their super express, uh, I think they call it their premium level, which is $250 or $300 a card if you get subgrades on it. Um, big differentiator between BGS and PSA. BGS will give you the centering, corners, edges, and surface grades broken down, while PSA is just going to put the grade of the card on the slab so you get a little bit better understanding of what your grade is um but yeah bgs is shutting down also they're taking less cards i don't know many people sending in chunks of cards to them i thought they were only taking high-end submissions in the past six or eight months uh but i guess i was wrong 
Yeah, and uh, and I personally have been a, a submitter to PSA. I've also submitted to SGC. I've even submitted to HGA, but we'll save that story for another day. We'll save that one. Um, okay, so uh, back to the card industry we go, specifically on cards. Josh, I want to ask you, uh, this time of the year, it is baseball season, and everyone knows the big stars. Everyone knows who they collect, who they buy, who they sell. I thought I would ask you in terms of undervalue today, because we always know who the big names are and even the Hall of Famers are. But is there a card or two that kind of has caught your eye or a player in particular that you think that could have some value in the future that maybe doesn't have as much value as it should right now? I mean, the one that I'm going to give you is from my favorite set. And um, he has value now, but compared to other guys in the same generation, George Brett's rookie card is just severely undervalued in my mind. One of the best hitters of all time, great player, real winner, and the 1975 set is the nicest set outside of 1983 because I was born that year. Let me ask you something. Do you do you think that the they, they made a mini set that year too? And I know that those grades are harder to obtain because they were just less cards produced. Are you a believer in that at all? I I have George Brett's rookie cards. I have two of them actually, both in seven, but I have no mini of his rookie card. I don't like the mini set. In general, the 1975 set was one of the hardest sets to grade because we, I, know, I think we've talked about this in the past, the, the fisheye printing defect yeah. and all the different colors. And it made it very hard to keep sharp corners and sharp edges because of the colored borders. And those fisheyes were just all over the place. So take And then you add in the regular cutting issues of all cards from those generations and very, very, very few high-grade cards and that set overall is probably undervalued with all the Hall of Famers that are in it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you still can pick up a George Brett graded in a seven or eight for a couple hundred bucks. I mean, yep. that's, it seems insane that the card is that old. Uh, OK, now let's move over to football here. And football season is fast approaching. And you've said the word Herbert here on this show at least 100 <laughs> times. I'm looking for somebody a little bit more under the radar, maybe for uh, an investment for someone to hold on to for a few months or even a few years. The name I'm going to give you is somebody that, you know, for some reason, his cards just don't go up a lot. And he's the person, the quarterback that I sort of grew up with and who made me an actual Packers fan when I was a kid, even though I lived in New York. And it's Brett Favre. His uh, his stadium club rookies are just severely undervalued, still under a thousand dollars for a PSA 10 of that card, which is just mind blowing compared to guys like Herbert Burrow, Kyler even Daniel Jones, all those guys getting up there. And one of the best of all time is that inexpensive. Yeah, for sure. You had a question for me about him or no? Yeah, so uh, my favorite trivia question. Who was Brett Favre's first completed pass to? Uh, I think I think I know this one, actually. I think I know this one. It's himself, right? That's the answer? Yeah. <laughs> with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you, you, what, do you, what do you think is more collect? I mean, I, I know that his... His stadium club is, as you mentioned, it's worth a thousand. You would be maybe you're not surprised because you knew all this stuff. But I was surprised to see that his first tops card in 1992, his tops base and tops gold, which I think is a high number set, sure. has almost as much value as those other cards you mentioned. The stadium club. What do you think? Because he was in a Packers uniform for the first time. He, that must be it, right? Yeah, I, I, and his his 92 stadium club is worth roughly the same as his 91 stadium club because, again, he was in a Packers uniform. So that's yeah. why the second year is worth almost as much as the rookie year. Yeah, Packers just have great collectability, man. Any Anybody on the Green Bay, which is why I still think Aaron Rodgers is still a decent buy because even yeah. if he goes somewhere else 
and ends up having a wonderful end of his career, whether it's Denver or somewhere else, I, I still think he'll be collectible. All right, so uh, I want to end with this with you here, and I want to go to basketball. I'm, I mean, basketball seems to be driving the market. Uh, right now, the market is down, very much down. But one way or the other, uh, I got a piece of advice from our producer here. Would Uh-oh. you believe this, Josh, last year? before I, what, As I'm sending to you before you and I are kibitzing and talking here on the show, <laughs> I, I say to Brett, hey, give me the name of a few future Hall of Famers that you think the value could go up on. Now, it, now in defense of Brett, it didn't really matter because everybody went up. <laughs> really the truth when it comes down to it. But the one guy that he did tell me that is a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer was uh, Manu Ginobili. That, that, is, that is my undervalued player, and I'll, and I'll explain to you why. First of all, as you can see, this is a, a 10, a PSA 10. Uh, the other part of it, too, is that my piece of advice here is that I have sent a lot of these to Josh, and a lot of them have come back 10. And that's rare for anybody to say, but the thing is that Ginobili was a really good prospect coming out of Argentina. Everyone knew who he was. They saved his cards. They protected the cards. It's a relatively easy set to grade, and you're going to get a 9 or a 10 of his card. You can still buy it for like 20 bucks, Josh, and it turns into like a $500 card. So I know you can't grade, though. That's that's kind of the problem, I guess. I mean, the thing is that even when you can, we're going to start seeing that number – regress towards the mean right we're going to see start seeing that come down and down and down like we've seen with all these other guys so you got lucky that your producer is so smart and gave yeah. you the advice to buy it ginobili and in reality you should give him a percentage of your sales but they if you're if you're chasing now you're probably not going to see that same return well, I mean, it, it, I, I still, I don't know. I mean, it's still a six, seven hundred dollar card. I threw five hundred out there because I'm not entirely sure. I don't have <laughs> your brain for the for the finances of it, but I, I still think at twenty dollars, if you could submit the darn card somewhere uh, and not pay three hundred, then you would make some ROI return on. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's really twenty dollars and it's really five or six hundred dollars, a PSA nine is probably in the seventy-five to a hundred dollar range. The problem is if you start getting nines on the card and you're paying $25 or $30 to grade it, and that even comes down a little bit, now you're just spending the same to get, at best, a break-even on a 9, and you'll make money on your 10s, which is really how grading was up until 2019, right? You needed to get 10s to make money, and 9s would be a break-even or a loss. And what we're seeing now is that when you can make money on 9s, more stuff goes in. Yeah, and it's it's staggering for those people who are interested, not just with Ginobili, but with other players, too, uh, of the present. Go back and look at the prices from 2019. Manu Ginobili, PSA 10, $20, now 500 I mean, even if it goes to three, down to 300 it's still 10 Kobe Bryant Refractors, uh, I think it was a BGS 9, was uh, maybe 9.5 even, was under $10,000. <laughs> Crazy how things have changed. All right, uh, Josh, have a great week. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, any uh, consignments this week on uh, on eBay or anything you want to tell people about real quick? So we have a huge we, – we talked about the Otani last week, and we actually had a huge card end last week at, over the weekend on Sunday. We had a uh, we had a gold prism, first-year gold prism, so 2012 Sean Kemp PSA 9 end, and that ended at about $5,200, which is a record price for any prism Sean Kemp card. Wow, congratulations, Josh. All right, Josh Cohen. Wow, PC Sports Card, Sean Kemp. (laughs) Card industry is a wild one. I got to keep up with it. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. (laughs) 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome back. Craig and George here with you. You know, George, we just had uh, Josh Cohen on from PC Sports Cards. He's actually in Long Island, by the way. His uh, his company is in Long Island. Uh, are, are you a sports card collector, George? Did you get back into it in the past year? Did you save any of your old baseball cards or anything like that? I guess I didn't tell you the story. Uh, my personality has changed over the years. Back when I was younger, I was uh, one of the people who didn't like to lose. You know, it was uh, very competitive. Uh, yelling, screaming way too much uh, before I grew up. And uh, what what brings this around is that I was a baseball card collector. I had a lot of cards. I was very good at flip. Remember that game you played when we were kids? You'd put a card up yes. on a, uh, against the wall or whatever, and you'd flip. And the idea was whoever knocked the card down got to keep all the cards you used. You would generally agree on what card you were going to flip. I was very good at that, so I had a lot of cards. When the Yankees won, uh, lost, sorry, lost the World Series in 81, I got very angry, and I threw all my cards away. So... No. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much. Uh, thank you for bringing this up, Craig. I feel so much better now mm. that my retirement is, uh, you know, somewhere in ashes. The only cards I have now are uh, something that I, I won on a raffle from us a while back. I'm staring at it now. A 2017 baseball stadium top something or other. I haven't opened them. I'm not going to open it. It's, gonna, it's actually, I'm using it in my man room here. It's blocking one of the cable boxes so that I can't uh, change the channel on one TV by accident. I think it maybe it'd be worth something if I don't open it for you know, 10, 20 years or whatever it might be. So I have no idea what's in there, but that's the only cards I have right now. I think I've told myself, I'm, I, I'm still, still mad that I've done that to this day. Hmm. Well, it's serving its purpose. It's not letting you watch TV. It's keeping you away from TV. So that's, that's. You know, no, it, 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 it doesn't stop. It, it stops me from chasing the channel on the wrong TV. So if I, you know, I got two cable boxes. If I'm watching a Yankee game on one and I don't know another game on another, I don't want to change the channel of the Yankee game by accident. I'm sure there's a way to avoid that without using the box, but I have no idea how. You can watch on online, which is what a lot of people do these days. By the way, YouTube game today, I believe the the Mets yes. and uh, Mets and, and Diamondbacks are on YouTube there. So. Uh, Brett will break a phone today instead of a TV. That'll be good in the ninth inning. We'll see if he's back here tomorrow for the show. All right, fantasy and reality. Let's bring in our producer, Brett Levy. He's got some burning questions here on the show today for us. We'll see if we like them. Fantasy, reality, which way will we go? Brett, what do we got? 
All right. Well, we'll start uh, on the football field. The Zach Ertz trade rumors are expected to heat up again this week. Uh, we saw a report from Jeremy Fowler yesterday saying it's been a little quiet, but we're expecting them to heat up this week. So with that rumor and others circulating, we have to ask. And uh, George, we'll start with you. Zach Ertz will be traded before training camp. Is this a fantasy or reality? Eagles are into, all right? They're not really playing for this year. All right, once you traded, once you took that, uh, you know, the cap hit that got escalated, you're pretty much announcing this year we're toast. We can't play this year. Ertz, they're making noise. We're not just going to give them away. You know, we want to, you know, we want this, that, and the other thing for them. The bottom line is they have to trade them. Get whatever you can for them. You're not competing this year. This is reality. This is definitely reality. I don't know where he's going. I did think that Buffalo made some sense there. I mean, what a team they would have with Ertz. They're so lacking there, but they said, no, they're not interested. I don't, I'm not so sure where he's going to end up, but, Craig, this is reality to me. I, it just makes no sense for the Eagles to keep him. They got, they've already got, got it there. They already have an ace tight end. You don't need to. You're not playing to win this year. He can't help you. Get future assets. I love what the Eagles have done as far as the future is concerned. Getting those extra draft picks, trading down with draft this year. This is reality. Ertz is not in Philadelphia by training camp. Yeah, I think I agree. I'll say reality as well on this one. And and you know what? It's interesting is that the Eagles are probably going to end up doing better than the team that gets Ertz because he's still sort of viewed as an elite tight end. I don't know that he is. Like He, he could be on the back nine uh, of his career. That's possible. I think the Cardinals make a lot of sense here. There's some desperation for that team. They got to win this year. You know, the, the people are going to lose their gigs if they don't. General manager, I mean, uh, head coach. You, you've got a dynamic play caller there that really hasn't shown that in the NFL. And uh, Murray's got no shortage of options, but does he really have one over the middle? No. So I, I think Ertz fits in Arizona, a team that's trying to win now. They'll overpay a little bit because the GM is going to be forced to. So I'll say reality. I'll say Arizona. And I'll say this week, Brett. So there you go. We're in agreement. All right. Uh, the next story we're going to take our swing at. Big Ben spoke to the media yesterday. And when asked about uh, helping out the Steelers and taking a pay cut, he said it was his idea. And he brought it up to the organization because he wanted to help this team any way he could. So, Craig, we'll start with you because we got to ask. Big Ben taking a pay cut was his idea. Is this a fantasy or reality? So it, it, there's, it's like multi-layered answer here, but but the answer I'll give for the show and for purposes of, of stirring it up here is I'm going to say reality. I'm going to say that he did do this, but I think the reason why he did is because he had no other choice. So when a quarterback or a player in sports has been around for a long period of time, usually I would say, George, nine times out of 10, the team ends up doing the right thing by the player and they work it out, they get it figured out. And I'm guessing that this is one of those nine times out of the 10. Now, of course, the 10 out of the 10 would be like, as an example, Albert Pujols, who had to leave the Angels and go somewhere else. That did not work out the right way. Brett Favre, Green Bay, another example of it did not. Uh, Peyton Manning, it did. You know, they, they put him in a situation. They took Andrew Luck. They told him exactly what was going to happen, how it went down. He went there. Colts were happy. Broncos were happy. Uh, I, I think this is one of those good situations for Ben Roethlisberger. I know that there's a lot of cynical people out there 
that think that he really didn't do it. And he sort of didn't, is my guess. He sort of probably thought, you know what? Before this draft, let me take care of this. Get with the organization before they decide to take a quarterback. Move up in the first round, and I'm out. Want to go out on my own terms? There is no question that this is the final season for Ben Roethlisberger in the NFL. Hopefully it is a good one. I will say reality. His idea, but only because he knew he had to. Yeah, he sort of took my thunder there because I agree with what you said there. Oh, I actually agree with that. 90% of what you said to the last part, the Steelers still would have taken a quarterback if one would have fell to them in the draft. Uh, they, they have to know they need one as far as next season's concerned here. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Ben knew damn well. <laughs> I'm not making – I think it was, what, $40 million was what he was supposed to make? And he yep. wasn't going to make that. Steelers couldn't afford that. As is, they had to let people go uh, to get under the cap here. So, yeah, you want to say it's uh, that he uh, – it was his idea. Do I think he actually said, hey, Mr. Rooney, eh, no problem. I'll take a pay cut. You know, I don't think it quite went down like that. I don't think he made the phone call, but I think he was willing to accept it. He didn't fight. He knew uh, either I'm taking a cut or I'm not playing. It's really that simple. You know, that sort of thing there. So I, I agree with the premise there. I, don't, I think he knew he had no choice here. He had no he had no leverage. That's always the, the buzzword here when it comes to negotiations, leverage. He didn't have any. So, yeah, when you put it under those rose-colored glasses, this is a reality. But like I said, there's no way Ben went on the phone and said, hey, Mr. Rooney, I'm going to take a pay cut today. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. It wasn't like that. He was willing to do it. He knew it was coming. So if you want to look at it that way, then I agree with you. But the Steelers absolutely would have taken a quarterback had one come to them because what are they doing next year? And I agree. I think Ben's done. I think he, I think he might be done anyway. I think as the season progresses, you're going to see it once again, that arm strength go down, 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 and they're going to have issues again. But uh, next year, I don't know who's going to be quarterbacking in Pittsburgh, but it's going to be they're going to be a decent team. They're not going to have a top 10 draft pick, so they're going to have issues getting a quarterback, a free agent, whatever it might be. But this should be Ben Swan's song. Yeah, and and good prop, by the way, with the phone. Like That's that's usually my go You like that better prop. than this? Kind of, you know? Yeah, I was wondering, what is this in, in, the, in this day and age? Like, yeah. what phone? I didn't have a banana. Back? If I had a banana, I would have used a banana. You would have used the banana. Impressive. You know, I've made calls it's with funny. a banana before. Using the phone didn't dawn on me until I had to look at it. I'm like, oh, you know, I got one of these things. Maybe I should use that as the prop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have your hand, and then your phone was right next to you. So you actually could have been like talking to, like, you could have done both sides. Like, hello, Mr. Rothberger. Yes. Mr. Rooney. Yes. I'd like to d- give you a discussion. Okay, sure. What about? It? I'll take a pay cut. I'll stay with you. Like, you could have done both. Would have worked out great. If anyway. We, have you ever uh, tried Brett, to explain the rotary phone to right? people, by the way? Yeah, we actually showed a picture of a payphone yesterday. I, I don't know what in the, how that even propped up on, on our show yesterday, a, a payphone. Uh, we, we were talking about robocallers, how many we get per day. You want to chime in on that before we move on? Got one this how morning at the gym. I- Got one this morning. Uh, I think they're trying to sell me insurance, something like that. So, uh, yeah, we, we get a bunch uh, day. per day. I'd say on average yeah. I probably get two to three a day. The, yeah, I get rid the, of my home the, phone. The, the, uh, the the total on FanDuel was two and a half. That's what was the that, number. That's that's the right number. I got rid of my home yeah, phone I, because I'm, I was I'm getting really too good many. with odds on robocalls. Yeah, I'm really good with that. All right, uh, Brett, let's let's close it out. What do we got? All right, our last one. We're looking at Nickelodeon because a SpongeBob character is getting a spinoff show. So honestly, this may be a better question for your kids, but we're gonna ask you guys. Patrick Starr, who's getting a spinoff show, deserves a spinoff. George, we'll start with you. Is this a fantasy or reality? Yeah, I have no idea what this is. 
<laughs> no clue. Uh, sure, give him a spinoff. Give him a spinoff. Everyone deserves a spinoff. Uh, I actually probably should. I don't even think my kids would know this. I don't think they watch much Nickelodeon. My kids don't watch SpongeBob? much TV. SpongeBob? You have to know who SpongeBob is, George. Oh, SpongeBob is back when they were younger. I guess they might. I don't, although I don't remember watching. You're aware he watch too much His SpongeBob. existence. He's, he's, you know, he lives in a pineapple under the sea, George. I see. I had no idea about that. No idea at all. Listen, don't make me call you about extending your car warranty. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so you said uh, reality on that, George? I don't know if we got a definitive reality. Give, give him a give him a spinoff. It's making money. He'll get a spinoff, right? It's the way it works. Yeah. So it's George with no knowledge whatsoever. Just says, pay the guy money. Give him a spinoff. Not we, my we money. Could have made up a cartoon today, and George would have said, give him a spinoff. Probably know you did. Yeah, it could be fake. The whole thing could be fake. You know, it could it could be a show about somebody picking up their phone and put it on their ear. Um, so I will I will say uh, Patrick getting a spinoff for SpongeBob. Okay, so first of all, a couple things. Now, my kids are both uh, older at this point. They they both did have a period of watching uh, SpongeBob, but they were not like huge fans of of SpongeBob. I would say that they watched it. Uh, you know, maybe my son watched it probably for six months or a year. Maybe my daughter a few months. I really don't even remember. But of course, I'm aware who SpongeBob is. I mean, George, they had a whole NFL game built around Nickelodeon and SpongeBob and everything there too. You I remember that, that. In the playoff? But um, so, regardless of that, Patrick is a funny character with a funny voice. Yes, I will say reality. Uh, James from LTN also wants to give it a hard reality here. He's a huge SpongeBob fan. So more SpongeBob is definitely good for us. More things that we can make fun of George about is good for us as well. So it is a reality for me, George. Here now, I, I don't know uh, your kids. Uh, your kids are how old at this point, George? My oldest is fourteen. My youngest is ten. And your ten-year-old does not watch any sort of cartoons of any kind. No shows that you're aware of. She doesn't watch TV. They they all watch uh, what YouTube stuff nowadays. That's what they're into, right? right? They don't watch. Really? They don't watch TV shows at, at all. I mean, neither one at all. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm thinking. Well, um, you know, my my daughter she watches like the reruns on Netflix of like you know The Office and and Friends and Gilmore Girls. My son, you're right. He is more of a YouTube person. He likes. He's very into. George video games. Uh, there's a game called MLB The Show. I know I have to spell this out for you here, but where where you basically where you basically can play against other people, and 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 he plays against me and I lose. Sports Grid sixties next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back as we wrap up the show, as always, even though Davis has the day off. We definitely are interested in what George Kurtz is thinking. During the break, he told us about a couple of things he may be thinking of. I wonder if they'll make it on the show here at the end. Let's turn it over to George. 60 seconds of food for thought in sports. George, what do you got? Yeah, I've always been out of touch with things. You know, uh, I think I lost interest in pop uh, culture and stuff probably about the mid-90s. I don't know most of today's bands. I think movies today are terrible. There are no, I mean, come on, nobody has an original idea anymore. If it's not a DC movie, a Marvel movie, or a remake, do we see anything new? I mean, come on, it's, it's over and over again. And I like the Marvel movies, by the way, so don't get me wrong here. I've enjoyed them. I'm looking forward to Loki coming out in a couple of weeks. I'll watch it. You know, WandaVision was okay. You know, the Winter Soldier and the, uh, the Falcon was solid, good. So, but I, nobody has an original idea anymore. The music today in my mind is terrible. My 10 year old yelling at me this morning that I have no taste because I don't like her music. Yeah, I'm stuck in the 70s with Led Zeppelin and all that. I got tickets to Genesis in December and I'm looking forward to going. And I don't care. Okay. And no, I've never seen Seinfeld. All right. And I'm not going to watch Seinfeld and I don't care about that either. I will watch the Friends special. All right. I, I, I was serious about that. I do want to watch that. I just haven't gotten around to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just stuck in my ways. But uh, that's the way it is. Sports 24 7. All right, George, not really sure what you were doing there, but good job. 60 seconds. You definitely talked for 60 seconds. I'll give you that, no doubt. <laughs> I will end the show with a little bit of an ode to uh, Coach K, Mike Shashevsky. We found out earlier in the show that this is going to be his final year coaching at Duke. And I would say that in terms of just coaching in general in basketball, whether it's college or sports, Shashevsky is an all-timer. He is a legend. He's one of the very few left that have been with the same team for 30 years. So we'll definitely see who ends up getting that Duke gig. And can you imagine on the same day, the Boston Celtics and Duke Blue Devils both looking for coaches? Didn't think that would happen. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to James at LTN for Brett, Danny, and Ryan and their help on the program today, as well as my co-host today, George Kurtz. I'm Craig Mitch. Hope you have a great day right here on Sports Grid. And we will see you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.